Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Taylor, for that beautiful song. As usual, it fits perfectly in my, my topic today, which is obedience training. The Christian life basically boils down to obedience. You know, six months ago, I, I gave you a picture of our puppy Zion, and I wanted to give you a, like a six-month update. He's doubled in weight. He's as handsome as ever. And he's brought so much joy and laughter into uh, Sherry and I's household. He's so loving to us. If you leave the house, one of us leaves the house for 10 minutes or so, comes back in and he greets you like he hasn't seen you in a year. And a lot of you have had puppies before, you know what I'm talking about. And we have raised children. And there's a lot of similarities between dogs, puppies, and children. And a lot of similarities to the Christian life as well, which is what I'm going to talk about today. <clears throat> like kids, Zion does so many things he's not supposed to do. He chews on everything in sight, everything he can put in his mouth. Here's some of, him, uh, some of his victims so far. Table legs and chairs, baseboards, shoes, socks, rocks, plants, landscape wiring, pillows, paper, pant legs, sleeves, and sticks. Practically everything he can get in his mouth is getting chewed. And if you're in our house for a while, this is what you'll hear all day long. Leave it, no, and drop it. Just like kids, not to say that Taylor and Britt, our kids, chewed on the baseboards or chairs, but they did things that we didn't like as well, just like all kids do. That's why you hear that term, terrible too, so often. We are all born with a strong will. We're all sinners. Some of us, probably most of us, can be stubborn, and we all are in the flesh. My mom, she may have exaggerated, I just can't see me doing this, but she told this story to uh, <coughs> Sherry and the kids. When I was a, yeah, very young, <coughs> she had to tie my crib down to the center of the bedroom <coughs> because I would hit the crib with my head and the crib would <coughs> go over and bang into the walls. <coughs> so they had to center, center me, may or not be true. I don't know why I would do that, but we read in Ecclesiastes 7.20, Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does not is right and never sins. So we're all inclusive in that group. Same thing in Ephesians 2.3, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were deserving of wrath. So we're born in the flesh, and we're in a spiritual battle every day, fighting that flesh from sunup to sundown. And Zion is so cute and cuddly, but if he gets something that's important to him, it could be, it's, it could be anything. It could be an old rolled up piece of paper, anything he's not supposed to have, he thinks it's his, 
and he growls and he goes like that and he'll he'll nip us on occasion this is the latest nip right there band-aids we keep in the house throughout and it's normal it's called resource guarding like us he can get very angry and he has a temper just taking a walk with him is a battle I want to take him around for exercise around the neighborhood, but he wants to go straight up to the park in the corner so he can sniff all the grass and lay there and eat sticks all day. So we both want our way, and he has this reverse spin move where he does like a little flip, and I'll be left holding the leash with the collar in my hand as he's over there. He gets out of his, his collar and leash. I want him to go one way, he wants to go another. So it's, at times it's like, who is leading who? He needs training as our kids needed training. They need to be taught the right way to do things and what commands to learn and obey. They have to learn so we can lead them into safe areas, not into a dangerous situation. And we don't want them to get into bad habits. And they need to trust their handlers just as the kids need to trust their parents. We had to learn all this because we were new to, to dog training and haven't done that in years. So to help us in this, we hired, hired a dog trainer. We needed to teach him obedience. And we realized after the first long lesson with the trainer, We'd been doing a lot of things wrong. We had seen a lot of dog training on YouTube, and there's several theories on what to do. And after being with the trainer for a while, we learned that we, some of the things we were doing for Zion were probably the worst thing that we could be doing for him. We did not know who was teaching the wrong way, and we were following some false teaching. It's the same in the Christian life. The proper thing for us to follow is the Word of God and God's commands. Many churches, especially nowadays, as we're getting so far away from God's principles, many churches teach watered-down principles and they modify what God said to suit the social atmosphere in the country today. The Lord never intended his word to be modified in any way or changed. We have a perfect example of that in the Old Testament. This is a modification that failed badly. Remember they moved the ark from one place to another and they carry it on poles with rings holding up the platform. That was the way God directed it to be uh, transported. So later when they had to move it, King David ordered the ark to be moved and he directed the workers to make a cart. And this time have it being pulled by oxen. Sounds like a good idea, much better than human labor. But during transport, the ark slipped a little bit on the platform and Uzzah reached out and touched it. Good idea, you know, preserve the ark. But that was in direct violation to God's command, who said nobody is to touch that ark. So Uzzah 
died on the spot. What we think is a good idea, and it might make perfect sense, if the Lord doesn't comply or we're not on the Lord's commands with that, it's a bad idea and we're going against His precepts. He is so holy and He wants His commands strictly followed, not uh, modified in any way. And disobedience, just by this example, you can see is very serious, especially for believers. We're the ones that are really supposed to be following his commands. And he, it, to show you how serious it was, Uzzah lost his life for just touching that ark. In Deuteronomy 13.4, it says, It is the Lord your God you must follow and keep him you must revere. Keep his commands and obey him. Serve him and hold fast to him. He were there for me is follow. It's like Taylor sang. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in the path of righteousness. The leader is in front. If you're following something, you're not in front. We're to follow God. He's the leader. We're not supposed to try to follow, you know, lead him. Some people say he's our co-pilot. He's the pilot. We are not the pilot. How would you like to go in a flight and the pilot doesn't know exactly what he's doing, you know, doesn't know what to follow? No, but none of us would go on that flight. As it says in Psalms 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. It says all, and obedience is for young children all the way to the end of our life, for young and old. All these verses are not just for adults. They're all for kids, too. It says anyone who follows his precepts have good understanding. So as soon as we're young and following what he says, we're maturing and we have good understanding. And there's a, some words in Scripture about kids, and one of them is in uh, Proverbs 22.6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn away from it. That's one. And Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. They say bring them up. That doesn't mean like it's a one-time deal. When you bring up something, like we're bringing up Zion, it's, it's constant. It's every day of the week for years. You don't bring up somebody in one session, one, one Bible study. So it's a continual thing. And the unsaved today, they're really following the wrong guidance and leadership and the wrong sources. A lot of this stuff they're listening to is on social media. One young girl, she lost an organ. She had to do major surgery. The latest trend on TikTok, which is a social media site, was to put magnetic ball bearings on the sides, top and bottom of your tongue, 
so they would appear that you had a tongue piercing. Piercing. It failed for this little girl, and they found she swallowed numerous ball bearings. They had to do surgery, and obviously a very dangerous thing to try. To try. Just two weeks ago, a 13-year-old was badly burned. This new, new trend on TikTok, you take a flammable liquid and you spray it on a bathroom mirror and then light it to get a cool burning design. So she did that. She was filming it on her iPhone and she goes in and lights it and a small bathroom was engulfed in flames from the fumes from the liquid, and she got badly burned. The mother, who apparently wasn't doing any supervising, heard screams, ran in and removed her, her burned clothing. The girl was badly burned. And the whole time it was recorded. So many false teachers out there on Twitter and all these places. Even in the, even in the Old Testament times, they didn't have all this fancy technology, but they had false teachers then that we read about. Those Pharisees were one of them, and they turned people away from Jesus and persuaded many not to follow him. And we have to be consistent in our obedience. It says, read your children the word day and night, so it imprints on their forehead, that type of thing. We're not to go left or right. When you fall somebody, you have to stay close. You don't go left or right. You don't stay back. You're going to lose who you're going to follow. So stick to the Lord. And it's not just Sunday. You know, we all get dressed up on Sunday when we meet again, which will be soon. And we're in perfect behavior. But then how's the rest six, the other six days of the week? So it's seven days a week consistently. Raised him up in the way of the Lord. In 1974, Harry Chapin had a mega hit called Cats in the Cradle. This man is raising up his young son not in the ways of the Lord. As the son grows up, he said, Dad, can we play catch? Can we play? Sorry, son, I'm too busy now. He's too busy, he can't do it. And the kid wants to grow up like his father. Well, time goes by, and when the kid grows up, the father said, hey, kid, hey, son, can we get together and have, have some time together? He goes, too busy now, Dad, but can you give me the car keys? So we'll spend some time later. And the kid's busy, the dad was busy, and then... Years later, the dad calls the, the son to get together, and he says, sorry, dad, way too busy. The kids are sick, but we'll get together soon and have a great time. And the father says, as I hung up the phone and it occurred to be, he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me, very sad. They weren't bringing the child up in the ways of the Lord or doing their own thing, and this is the pitfalls of what happened when you don't follow the Lord's precepts. Zion and I, it's a lot of times our, my will versus his. One day he nabbed Sherry's watch 
he has a reach about this far. It was on a shelf or something. He got that, and it was the biggest thing in his life at the moment. So the trainer, one of the ways to get him to drop these things, hopefully you have a little leash on him, and you say, leave it, and just give him a little flick of the wrist, leave it, and if he doesn't comply, you give him a time to think, and if he doesn't, so I sat there for a long time, leave it, no, leave it, no. And he was just stubborn as could be. And then after about 20 of those, he finally dropped it. And his will, in that case, was broken. And the trainer said, if you're going to do this, you got to do it till you win, or else he's going to win. So there's, there's many setbacks, especially pillows. When he gets a pillow, oh, it's World War III. And it's exhausting. But like Zion, we have to yield to his command. Some of them we're not going to like. So we have to yield and not rebel and fight back stubbornly. But as, I, as we go through all this, and I, you know, I can get impatient, he gets impatient, I'm stubborn, he can, I can lose my temper. And I was thinking, I'm getting frustrated with him, but I thought about myself, and I do the exact same thing he does all the time. So how can I get so mad at this puppy when I'm doing the same thing? And that's how the Lord must feel when we disobey. How many times have you disobeyed His Word and done the same sin over and over and over? The Lord's thinking, you're trained, you have the training, and yet you're not, you're not dropping it. You're doing the same thing over and over. And that shows how much the Lord loves us. In Psalms 36, 5 and 7, it says, Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. That is tremendous love to have patience for us and loving us all, despite how we act around others every day. How, how stubborn are we? In Exodus 39, 32-9, it says, I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. And in Isaiah 48, 4, For I knew how stubborn you were. Your neck muscles were iron and your forehead was bronze. That is pretty stubborn. That shows you how we can, we can be. And... We read it throughout the whole Old Testament, all the Exodus, um, all through the Kings, Jeremiah, all the stubbornness and rebelling, no repentance. The default line in most of those Kings chapters is, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. It's printed every guy. Oh, he did it, he did it, he did it. Most of them were disobedient, prideful, and rebellious. And this verse in Judges same verse in Judges, it's the same thing. In those days, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that was right in his own eyes. Very sad. But what happens when we obey? In Deuteronomy 15, 5 and 6, it says, If only you fully obey the Lord your God, you are careful to follow all these commands I am giving you today. 
For the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised, and you will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. You will rule over many nations, but none will rule over you. So he's talking to the Israelites, new land, but it applies to us too. We'll be blessed and all the good things that he promises us. Look what he does when we follow his commands. He'll bless you as he has promised. So it's a lot of the Old Testament is like that. We know that. This would never happen in the New Testament, right? These are disciples. They lived, you know, three years with Jesus. How could they possibly do that? But in Mark 16, 14, it said, Later Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So talk about stubborn and prideful and unbelief. He told them right in the room, I'm going to rise again on the third day, and he does, and they, he comes back to talk to them, and he doesn't, they don't believe. So they're just like we are. They weren't perfect, nor are we. And these verses are saying, fully obey, obviously, not partially, no modification. In Leviticus 18, it says, you must obey my laws and be careful to follow my decrees. I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and laws for the person who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. Live by them. People should see our life and see that we are living differently from others. When we follow them, we will live like he wants us to live. We love him. We want to obey him and please him. Adel talked last week about Caleb, how he followed the Lord's instruction perfectly. One of the scouts and spies that scoured out the land, and he did it faithfully. He didn't wimp out like the other, oh, there's giants there, it's too much for us. But he was faithful, fully obeyed, and the Lord says about him in Deuteronomy 1, 35 and 36, no one from this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your ancestors, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh. He will see it, and I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on, because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. What an example. And he says he will get the land he set his feet on. He didn't just sit back and pray, Lord, we pray we can take this land. He went into the dangerous land, and he was in there. And now the Lord is blessing him and his family by giving him this land to his and his descendants. It's the best thing in our lives to follow his commands. Nowhere in Scripture does it say, you know, just follow these Ten Commandments. There's commandments, as we know, all the way through the whole Scripture. Sometimes we think, well, that boy, that person could sure use following that command. That might be true, but look, look in the mirror and we could be using that one just as well as these other people. That we, it's easy to see fault in other people when we probably have the same fault, if not worse, in ourselves. And we'll be blessed when we follow them. One day I took... I take him to the park a lot. He's got a 
I got to burn off steam. So we go up there, and I like to get him about 30 yards away, tell him to sit. He sits beautifully. And I'll go 30 yards away, and then I'll say, come. And he comes, he sprints at me, and I might give him a treat and praise, and it's just a lot of fun. He's so cute to see running. Well, one time he did that, nobody in the park, and he comes a few feet, and then he sees a lady walking a dog crossing the street. So he makes a beeline and goes to play with that, with that other dog. He loves to play with other dogs. So very dangerous, he's out in the street, and no second chances with dog and cars, as we know that. So that was partial obedience on his part and partial disobedience. So that was, that was dangerous. And we can't pick and choose which ones to obey partially. We obey them all fully. If we do obey part of a command, we're and not all of it, we're basically obeying ourselves in the part where we're not following in the Lord. We're making ourselves the master. When we get saved, we have a new master, and we're to follow him, not only when we want to. And that's what happens when we, we obey ourselves and not him. Even when we think we're experts in this field, oh, I know what to do here, that's True, maybe about those facts, because we know what's happening today, what our resources are, and what may happen tomorrow. And we might, oh, how could this be a bad decision? Yet he knows, we know today, maybe a little bit tomorrow, but he knows down the road, years ahead, what can happen. So that's why he knows the big picture, we just know the little picture. And that is why we've heard this so many times, Proverbs 14, 12, it applies to us every day. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. We have to trust our Lord and Savior. Zion has to trust me. I'm not going to lead him into something dangerous. In our country today, there was a recent survey, only 20% or 20% of the people trust our government to do the right thing. Nobody trusts the government anymore. Um, they trust corporations and businesses. They're kind of leading the, the charge, what they think is the right thing. But in Christ, we can put complete trust because he can't make mistakes. He hasn't. He's not going to make one in his promises. And we know what is going to happen. It's going to be a blessing for us if we obey him, even though we know there's going to be trials and tribulations, but the word says, as we've been well taught, those are good for us and we can grow from them. And we can obey with confidence. We know his track record. Those that were fully obeyed were blessed. We see many in the church here that are blessed. And we know in the future we're going to be blessed and in eternity, we're totally going to be blessed. That's why on our trust, we have to do what it says is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Another, another uh, landmark verse. You'll see it in all the plaques in people's houses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Submit to him is the, the key thing there. How stubborn we can be. Um, is just that Zion needs to submit to Sherry and I. His will is not broken yet, but his will has to be broken and his pride. Just as we have to take a knee and submit to the Lord in everything we do. So that was a whole lot of talking. But Jesus' mother said the same thing in one line at the wedding in Cana in John 2.5. His mother said to the servants, just do whatever he tells you. That's basically everything I talked about today. And wouldn't we all be better off if, he, if we did just what he tells us. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your patience for us. We thank you for your teachings, your commands. We know they're the best thing for our lives. We pray that we would follow them to a T and not wander and, and stray away. We thank you for your love for us too. And as we finish up today for another another Sunday. We just pray now that the, uh, the health trends continue to improve. More people get vaccinated. Hopefully the kids soon. We can, um, around the corner, we can begin to have our meetings in the, in the sanctuary again. And just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.